الله رب العالمين ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الأمين وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضريته ومن تبعهم لإحسان ليوم الدين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله We'd like to uh, begin this uh, special belt that was requested by the Imam here, Abu Hafs. Abu Muawiyah, Hassan Abdullah, Habibullah, uh, talking about any subject that he asked me to choose. And uh, since today was the khutbah, on the subject of uh, trials and tribulations and punishment um, and those things that the Prophet has informed us about um, we decided to to take it one step further and talk about inshallah ta'ala how to comport ourselves and how to behave in times of al-fitna before we begin, I think it's important to mention or to discuss what is the meaning of al-fitna. And the word al-fitna, it has a few meanings. In fact, it has a variety of meanings. And we don't want to go into detail of the linguistic meaning of al-fitna but we'll give some shades of the meaning so that we'll be able to understand insha'Allah one of the meanings of al-fitna and for anyone who wants to uh, write this down it's always good to write because we shouldn't depend on tapes we should depend on our minds writing with a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen as our salaf used to do. They used to write and or memorize. So if anybody can memorize what we're going to say, then you don't need to write and you don't need to get the tape. The first definition of al-fitna is al-azab. Al-azab. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Zariyat, chapter 51, verse 14, ذوقوا فتنتكم هذا الذي كنتم به تستعجلون ذوقوا فتنتكم هذا الذي كنتم به تستعجلون taste your fitna ذوقوا taste your fitna this is what you used to ask to be hastened this is what you in the dunya used to ask to be hastened, to be delayed, to be to to be uh, brought to you quicker. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word fitna here, addressing the people who are in the getting the hellfire being punished. The word fitna here, ذوقوا fitnatakum means ذوقوا عذابكم. Taste your azab. So the word fitna here in Surah 51, Surah Al-Zariyat, 
Verse 14 means azab, punishment. The word fitna here means punishment. So one of the meanings of fitna is al-azab. One of the other meanings of fitna is مَا يَقَعُوا فِي سَبَبِهِ الْعَذَابِ أي ما يكون سببا لحصول العذاب That which occurs because of the azab The thing that occurs because of the punishment is also called fitna Firstly, fitna has a definition of al-azab, punishment The second definition of fitna is the thing that occurs after the uh, adab comes, because of the adab. The thing that occurs because of the punishment is also called a fitna. And to that, and if possible, we have an English translation of the Quran. Is it possible somebody can get one quickly? Because we don't, uh, we try not to, uh, yes, you have one? In chapter 9, in chapter 9, which is Surah Al Bara' or Surah Chapter Tawbah, as another name of it, verse 49, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ إِذَنْ لِي وَلَا تَفْتَنِي وَلَا تَفْتَنِي ألا في الفتنة سقطوا ألا في الفتنة سقطوا and among them is he who says grant me leave give me permission to be exempted from jihad is the meaning of it and ولا تفتني and don't make me have a fitna ألا في الفتنة سقطوا don't put me to trial. Surely they have fallen into fitna. Meaning, surely they have fallen into that which is the result of the punishment. The result of the punishment. The punishment came and that which was the end result of what they acquired is called fitna after the punishment. So this is another meaning that we have for al-fitna. Another meaning for al-fitna, another meaning for al-fitna is al-ikhtibaru wa-tamhis, which means basically a try a test or a trial, a test or a trial, as Allah subhanahu wa taala says. يرحمكم الله وقتلت نفسا فنجيناك من الغم وفتناك فتونا وفتناك فتناك فتونا then you did kill a man but we saved you from great distress and a heavy trial great distress and a heavy trial and I don't remember exactly where this verse is but we can find it inshallah before we finish so this is the third meaning, meaning a trial or a test. A trial or a test is another meaning for fitna. Another meaning for al-fitna 
اذ ما يصيب الانسان في الدنيا من شده من شده that which befalls the human being in the dunya because of some shiddah or mashakka or some type of difficulty kalmarud aw alfaqr wa ghayrihi like some disease or some extreme poverty or anything like that or or it could be a raqa ma tuhibbuhu kalmal wal walad wasaha it could also mean prosperity a fitna can be from prosperity a fitna can come from anything that the human being loves like money like children like good health all those things can be a fitna your wives can be a fitna your children can be a fitna your husband can be a fitna your car can be a fitna your soul can be a fitna your overgarment can be a fitna your iman can be a fitna the people who are under the iman anything that you love or anything like a disease or poverty person doesn't have any money they haven't gotten paid for three weeks four weeks five weeks six weeks goes by they haven't they didn't get their paycheck their company went bankrupt that can become a fitna Allah plays you with some type of disease some type of ailment that can be a fitna so anything in the dunya that befalls a human being because of some difficulty or something that he or she loves can be considered a fitna as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ وَنَبْلُوكُمْ بِشَرِّ وَالْخَيْرِ فِتْنَ وَإِلَيْنَا تُرْجَعُونَ and we'll give you the number of these verses inshallah we're not absolutely sure where they are but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَنَبْلُوكُمْ بِشَرِّ وَالْخَيْرِ فِتْنَةً وَإِلَيْنَا تُرْجَعُونَ and we will try you with evil we will give you make a, we will try you and test you with evil and good as a fitna evil and good as a fitna and to us you will return and to us you will return another meaning of fitna and that should be meaning number 5 another meaning of fitna and this is min a'zam al-fitna from some of the greatest types of fitna is asaddu min sabilillah is preventing someone from entering into islam yarhamakumullah taking a person away from the path of islam preventing some way someone from taking shahada or from coming to the sunnah if they're already in islam coming to the sunnah preventing someone from coming to the truth or preventing someone from accepting Islam. Alaykum salam wa rahmatullah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَاتِلُوهُمْ حَتَّى لَا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةً وَيَكُونَ الدِّينُ لِلَّهِ And fight them until there is no more fitna. And so that the deen will be for only Allah. This is Surah Al-Baqarah. Verse 193. Chapter 2, verse 193. وَقَاتِلُوهُمْ حَتَّى لَا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةً وَيَكُونُ الدِّينَ لِلَّهِ And fight them until there is no more fitna. Fitna here means keeping the people from accepting Islam. 
That's what the word fitna here means. Blocking someone, someone from entering into Islam. And here, fitna is worse than killing somebody. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالْفِتْنَةُ أَشَدُّ مِنَ الْقَطْلِ And fitna is worse than slaughter. Fitna is worse than slaughter, meaning the fitna that keeps somebody from coming into Islam. It's better that you kill somebody, slaughter people, wipe them out, than to prevent somebody from getting life, which is Islam itself. Okay. That is, or those are some of the meanings for fitna. Some of the meanings. The first type of fitna, and there are basically two types. Those were some of the meanings of the word fitna. Now we're going to talk about the types of fitna. And there are basically only two types of fitna according to the ulama of Ahl Sunnah. There are two types of fitna. The first type of fitna is from Allah. Al-Qahar, Al-Jabbar, Al-Aziz, Al-Mateen, Al-Qawi. That is from Allah. That's the first type of fitna. The fitna is from Allah, which is sickness, poverty, loss of property, those types of things. Things that are not from the human being. In that type of fitna, that's the type of fitna which is only from Allah, that comes to the human being, not from his own hands, but it comes from Allah for the purpose of purification of sins. For the purpose of purification of sins. Because fitna, as we mentioned, is of two types. And that fitna either comes from Allah or comes from yourselves. As we mentioned today in the khutbah, as we mentioned today in the khutbah, those things that happen to the human being, those trials, those fitness, that comes from us. Those diseases, those sexually transmitted diseases, the drought, the famine, all those things come from us because of our sins. That's the second type of fitness. The first type of fitness is from Allah. And it's used as a purification. It's used as a purification. And to, the, and to that, the Prophet Wasallam said, فَمَا يَبْرَحُ الْبَلَاءُ بِالْعَبْدِ حَتَّى يَتْرُكَهُ يَمْشِي عَلَى الْعَرْضِ وَمَا عَلَيْهِ مِنْ خَطِيئَةِ And this hadith is an Ibn Majah with an authentic chain, alhamdulillah. That when the person is tried by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's going to be tried by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with some type of, some type of disease or some type of poverty or loss of property or something like that. And this is to test him, excuse me, this is to purify him. So much so that the Prophet said, So much so that the slave, he's tried by Allah, until he's left walking on the earth, until he's sinless. Allah keeps trying him with poverty, He keeps trying him with loss of property, He keeps trying him with disease, he keeps trying it with loss of crops, with loss of lives and his family or whatever, until he becomes purified. Why? It's because probably he didn't make Tauber good enough. His Tauber wasn't complete. Or he didn't make it at all. He didn't fulfill the conditions of the Tauber. Because there's conditions for Tauber, of course. Or he might or she might not have made Tauber at all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in His infinite mercy, knowing that you would be punished 
in this life and or the next, those who don't make tawba, Allah still gives you a chance by afflicting you. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ أَلَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ أُولَئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَّبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ Allah says, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ And we will try him with something. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ With something, not totally, just a little piece, a little bit. Something of khawf, of fear. وَالْجُوعَ and hunger. And some type of diminution, some type of loss of property. And lives, and loss of crops, or your vegetation, or some type of goods that you have. But give glad tidings to those who are patient. Patient with what? Patient with the trial that Allah is making you go through so you become purified. Those who when a musibah befalls them some calamity, they say, we belong to Allah and to Allah we will return. They are the ones that are going to get three things. أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ They're going to get salat from Allah. They're going to get rahmah from Allah. And those are the ones who have huda, they're guided. They get salat from Allah. And salat from Allah means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praising you. He's praising you for your patience. And they're going to get rahmah. They're going to get rahmatun wasi'ah. Wide, expansive mercy. And they are the ones who are guided, meaning they're going to have a huda. Three things for being patient with the trial of Allah. You waited 18 years. You've never been pregnant. 18 years you and your husband been waiting to have a baby. And finally, you get the baby. Finally, Allah blesses you with the child. The baby looks just like you. Looks like you, smiles like you, everything. One year, two years goes by, you're driving in your car, have an accident, the airbag doesn't work, boom, the baby is killed. Allah tries you, He's testing you, and He does this, He does this to purify you. Because tests are from only one of two reasons. Either the test is to purify you of your sins, so you walk on the earth sinless. You keep having the trials and having the trials and having the trials and having the trials from Allah until eventually you're sinless. Sinless meaning He wiped all the sins that you committed. Not that you're sinless, but He's wiped away all of your sins that you committed. Whatever you've done, Allah knows what you've done and He uses that disease, He uses that leukemia, He uses that loss of property, He uses that loss of the baby to purify you of your sins. The second reason why Allah does this is to raise you in status, to raise you in rank. And usually this is for the prophets. When the prophets are tested by Allah, it's not because of the first reason, purification of sins. We must understand that. When a prophet is tried by Allah, it's not because of sins. When you are tried by Allah, it could be one of two reasons. When Allah tries a prophet, it's for one reason and one reason only. When you are tried by Allah, you are tried for either A, purification of the sins, to clean you 
It's like a hospital. You have to go through the hospital of tests and trials. And then you come out purified. And the other reason is to raise you in status and rank. And that's for the prophets of Allah. Or it could be for us. And Allahu A'la. In this particular fitna that Allah gives us, it's a mercy. It's mercy from Allah. It's wisdom from Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tested us. And that's why, as far as the prophets are concerned, when the prophet was asked, Ayyunnas ashaddu al-bala'a? Ayyunnas ashaddu bala'an? Which of the people, the human beings, are most severe in trials and tests? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, he said, Al-anbiya thumma al-amthalu fal-amthal yubtala al-abdu ala hasabi dinihi fa-in kana fi dinihi salban ishtadda balauhu wa-in kana fi dinihi rikta ubtiliya ala hasabi dinihi ubtiliya ala hasabi dinihi Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aw kama qaluhu the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked which of the human beings are tried the most severest the Prophet said the anbiya the Prophet thumma al-amthalu fal-amthalu then those who are like them and then those who are like them those who are similar to them and those who are similar to them after them and of course we know that the prophets are the best of human beings and those who are the best of human beings after the messengers of Allah are the Sahaba Radwanallahi alayhim there are no human beings better than the people who came with the prophet in his time who accepted Islam died after meeting the prophet on Islam Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and anybody who doesn't love the Sahaba more than they love themselves you're not from the people of the Sunnah and anybody who curses the Sahaba, you are the enemies of Allah, the enemies of Muhammad sallallahu the enemy of Jibreel, the enemy of Mikael, the enemy of Israfil, the enemy of Malakul Maut, the enemy of Munkar Nakir, the enemy of Aqib, Aqib and Araqib. You're the enemy of all those who believe in Allah in the last day. Whoever curses the Sahaba and doesn't love them. So the people who are most tried after the prophets are the companions because they're most like the prophets. There's no one better than the than the prophet than the than the prophets. After the companions, there's no one better. And then Fal the ones who come after them are the Tabi'un. The Tabi'un. And those who come after them are the Salihun. Like the Imams, Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmed, and all those who follow their way all the way up to now. But the most severe in test and tribulation and trial are the prophets of Allah. So the Prophet ﷺ said, يُبْتَلَ الْعَبْدُ عَلَى حَسَبِ دِينِهِ That a person, the slave of Allah, is tested عَلَى حَسَبِ دِينِهِ according to his deen. According to the level of his deen. فَإِنْ كَانَ بِدِينِهِ صَلْبًا if he's strong in his being, if that sister's strong in her being, her husband 
when Yaakov is left, is beating her down. He's beating her down every day. He doesn't take care of her. There's no food in the house. He doesn't buy her clothes. He's always abusing her. If she's strong in her being and she stands fast and stands firm, then her, her chest is increased. Her chest is increased. Her chest becomes more severe. وَإِنْ كَانَ فِي دِينِهِ رِفَّةٌ أُبْتُلِيَ عَلَى حَسَبِ دِينِهِ And if he's kind of weak in his being, or he's not as strong as the average person, he's a mediocre person in his being, she's kind of nominal in her being, then she's going to be tested according to her being, the level of her being. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said in another narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Inna Allah Taala is is a habba kawman ibtalahum." That when Allah loves the people, He tests them, and the more He loves you, the more He tests you. To so the person's deen, if they're strong in their deen. فَإِنْ كَانَ فِي دِينِهِ صَلْبًا صَلْب means something strong and solid like a rock, like a cement wall that's صَلْب if they're strong, if they're strong in their deen اِشْتَجَّبَ لَأُهُ his deen, if he's strong in his deen he's going to be tested because of his deen on the level of his deen then the, the, the test becomes even more intense and if he's had some ripka if he's kind of nominal he's a little soft in his deen or her deen then then they're going to be tested according to that nominal amount of strength that they have in their deen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions this. He says, Alif Lam Do people think they'll be left alone saying with their mouths? that they believe and they won't be tested by Allah that they won't be tested Nam, this is Surah I don't know I think it's Surah uh, it's probably Ayn Kabut chapter 29 I believe Allahu A'ram I think it's Surah 29 yes it's Surah 29 Ayah number 1 Excuse me, number two. Alif Lam Mim is number one. Number two is, do people think they will be left alone because they say we believe and they won't be tested? And then the third ayah, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ غَبَلِهِمْ فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ Because indeed Allah says, we tested those who were before them. And Allah will certainly make it known the truth of those who are truthful, and will certainly make it known the falsehood of those who are liars. You say you believe, Allah is going to test you. So now you can't say when Allah uh, afflicts you with some disease or takes away some of your property, oh why Allah, why, 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 why me, why me? You can't say that. You're not going to be able to say that. The second type of fitna 
is the fitna that we're going to be discussing, inshallah. That's not the one that's from Allah. The second type of fitna is peculiar or particular to the deeds and sins and acts of disobedience. These are the things that you do, and you do, and you do, and you do, and I do. All the sins that we commit, the deeds of disobedience, acts of rebellion to Allah and His Messenger wasallam, they come from us. They come from the slave himself. Like when the Muslims fight each other and kill each other. This is the fitna that we're going to be discussing this evening, inshallah. Anything that leads to weakening the Muslims, any fighting, any killing, any backbiting, any slander, turning a Muslim away from his being, anything like this, this is the type of fitna we're going to be discussing, inshallah. Brothers and sisters, this type of fitna has no wisdom in it, nor does it have any good fruit that comes from it. No fruit, no good profit, nothing comes from this, no wisdom whatsoever, but rather the opposite comes from this. There's no wisdom, there's no profit from this, but rather the opposite comes from this type of fitna. Whoever goes into it seeking or requesting or wanting to probe into this type of fitna, his statements and his actions will destroy him, will annihilate him, will obliter obliterate him, it will destroy him completely if he goes in to probing into those types of fitna that we're about to discuss right now, inshallah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man tasharrafa laha, man tasharrafa laha, tasashrifhu. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whoever exposes himself to these types of fitna, they will destroy him. فَمَنْ وَجَدَ فِيهَا مَلْجَأً أَوْ مَعَاذًا فَلْيَعِذْ بِهِ فَلْيَعُذْ بِهِ And whoever finds a place of protection or refuge from that, those fitness, then they should take shelter in it. And you can find this in the ninth volume of Al-Bukhari the ninth volume of Al-Bukhari, page 157, page 157, hadith number 202, in chapter 9. Ninth volume in the English translation of Al-Bukhari, the last volume, page 157, chapter 9, hadith number 202. Inshallah is there. So the scholars have made a distinction between the two types of fitna. The first type of fitna is called Al-Ibatila' al This is the one that is from Allah Al-Ibatila' And the second type is called Al-Fitna It's called Al-Fitna And this is the one that's from the slave of Allah The first one is called Al-Ibatila' That comes from Allah That's a trial The second one is called Fitna Which is punishment so you have a trial and you have a punishment. Alaykum salam wa rahmatullah. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
يتقارب الزمان وينقص العمل ويلقى الشح. The Prophet said, Time will pass rapidly, good deeds will decrease, and miserliness and stinginess will be thrown into the hearts of the people. وَتَظْهَرُ الْفِتَنُ وَيَكْثُرُ And afflictions will appear and there will be much haraj. There will be much haraj. قَالُوا They said, O Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, أَيُّمَا هُوَ They said, O Messenger of Allah, What is it? In other words, what is haraj? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Qatlu al-Qatlu. Al-Qatlu al-Qatlu. It is severe riotous killing. Severe riotous killing. And this is also found in volume 9 in Al-Bukhari. Page number 149. Hadith number 183. Hadith number 183, volume 9 in Al-Bukhari, page 149, hadith number 183. And Imam Shafi'i, he was asked, Which of the two are the most superior for man? Which is the best? That he be tried and tested or he be firm and established? That he be tried and tested or he be firmly established? فَقَالَ إِمَامُ الشَّافِعِي رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ لَا يُمَكَّنُ الرَّجُلُ حَتَّى يُبْتَلَى He said, a man can't be firmly established until he's tried. A man can't be firmly established he can't really, really proven to be a real human being, a real man, a real woman, until they're tested by Allah. And this is the way we're created, brothers and sisters. That's why the Prophet Wasallam said, ما من عبد إلا وله ذنب. There's not one slave, believing slave of Allah, except that he has a sin. يعتاده الفينة بعد الفينة. A sin that he commits once in a while. وذنب وَذَنْبٌ وَهُوَ مُقِيمٌ وَهُوَ مُقِيمٌ هُوَ عَلَيْهِ مُقِيمٌ لَا يُفَارِقُهُ حَتَّى يُفَارِقِ الدُّنْيَا And then there's others that commit sins all the time and they're going to continue to commit the sins until they leave the dunya. إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ خُلِقَ مُفَتَّنًا تَوَّابًا نَسِيَّةً إِذَا ذُكِرَ فَكَرَ Surely the slave of Allah, the believer of Allah, he or she is created tried and tested, repentant and forgetful. So when they are given the admonition, they are reminded. So when they hear the admonition, they remember. The point is, is that we're created, we're created, tested and tried. So Imam Shafi'i said when he was asked, which one is more superior for a man to be tested and tried or the man to be firmly established? He said, لا يمكن الرجل حتى يبتلأ a man can't be firmly established and proven until he's tested by Allah and tried. So the Prophet 
when he mentioned that time will pass rapidly and good deeds will increase and he said miserliness will be thrown into the hearts of the people there'll be stinginess people won't want to give anymore they, won't, they don't want to be generous and afflictions will appear and there will be much harage it's very interesting brothers and sisters that the word that the prophet used al haraj the sahaba didn't know what it was and the sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een were the top people in the Arabic language. They were the most superior people and there's no one living today that's more superior than them in the Arabic language. And they didn't know what the word haraj meant. Why? It's because this type of killing is so severe the Prophet sallallahu alayhi borrowed this word from another language. This word haraj is not even Arabic. This word is from another language. So the Prophet sallallahu said it's al-haraj. Al-Haraj. And he said, what is Al-Haraj? He said, Al-Qatl. Al-Qatl. Meaning, in the Arabic language, it's killing. Riotous, severe killing. And this is the way the fitna is today, brothers and sisters. The fitna is so bad, like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that there are going to be people who are going to kill, and they're not going to know the reason why they killed. And that people are going to be killed, and they're not going to know the reason why they were killed. This is one of the signs. People are going to kill. Look at these guys out here, the Bloods, the Crips, the Folks, the Peoples, the TDQs, the Latin Kings. People walking around the street shooting people on subways. You, when they catch them, why did you kill them? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I killed them. He was just looking at me wrong. I, I, I just blew his head off. And if that person was to be resurrected by Allah and asked, why did that person shoot you? Why did they stab you? Why did they push you up the subway platform into the oncoming train? I don't know. I was just standing there. I don't know. This is the way it is today. So this is something that's severe. And we need to know how to behave and how to comport ourselves when Allah tests us with this fitna of punishment. And Abi Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu ta'ala anhu قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم من جعل من من حمل علينا السلاح فليس منا من حمل علينا السلاح فليس منا. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, and this is in light of and on coming right after the hadith that he said is going to be killing, killing. Whoever takes up arms against us is not from us. Whoever picks up a weapon, anytime a Muslim picks up a gun or a knife or an iron bar or a baseball bat whoever picks up any weapons against us then they're not from us meaning they are acting like the kuffar we're not saying they're kafirs we're saying that they're acting like the kuffar and this hadith you can find in the ninth volume of al-Bukhari Hadith number 192, page 153. Inshallah. The Prophet said on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar, do not 
apostate. Do not return. Do not revert. لا ترجعوا بعد كفاراً. Don't go back to disbelief بعدي after me. After I'm dead and gone, don't return back to kufr. How does a Muslim go back to kufr? يضربوا بعضكم رقاب بعض. By cutting and striking the necks of one another. By cutting and striking the necks of one another. One of the clear signs that a Muslim is headed towards apostasy, like as though he's leaving Islam, is to fight and kill a Muslim. It's to fight and kill a Muslim. And in another narration, the Prophet said, Stay away from fighting each other. Stay away from fighting each other. So in this particular hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Prophet is telling us to stay away from fighting each other and anything that has similarities to that of fighting each other is the actions of the kuffar. And Islam has come to establish all types of brotherhood and love so that we won't have these problems of fighting and killing each other and picking up uh, uh, weapons against each other. We also have a hadith from Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu who said, قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَتَكُونُوا فِتَنٌ قَاعِدٌ فِيهَا خَيْرٌ مِنَ الْقَائِمُ والقائم فيها خير من الماشي والماشي فيها خير من الساعي من تشرف لها تستشرفه فمن وجد فيها ملجأ ومعاذا فليعذ به فليعذ به أو كما قاله صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said they're going to come Fitness. There's going to soon come fitness. So, the person who is sitting in the fitna is better than the one who's standing. And the one who's standing in the fitna is better than the one who's walking. And the one who's walking in the fitna is better than the one who's running. And whoever probes into, delves into, tries to get involved in the mix of the fitna, then they will be exposed to it and that fitna will become a part of them. So whoever finds a way out, finds a place of refuge and solace and protection, then let him hold on to it, grab it, and seek protection in that place. And this is why the Prophet Wasallam said in another narration collected by Tirmidhi, he said, Salamatul Rajali fil Fitna and Yalzama Baitahu. That the safety and the security and the protection of a man during times of fitna is to stay in his house. It's to stay in his house. You want to be safe? You want to be secure in times of fitna? Ilzam Baitaka. Stay in your house. So the person who is sitting is in the times of fitna is better than the person who's standing. And the person who's standing is better than the person 
who's walking. And the person who's walking is better than the person who's running. And whoever tries to go into it, it's going to eventually take him over. He's going to be exposed to it. So whoever finds a place of refuge and protection, then let him or her find it. In another hadith, and that one's in Al-Bukhari, in the same section, in another hadith, we find even more clarification. In Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet said, النَّائِمُ فِيهَا خَيْرٌ مِنَ الْيَقَظَانِ وَالْيَقَظَانِ فِيهَا خَيْرٌ مِنَ الْقَائِمِ That the sleeping person in the fitna is better than the person who's awake in the fitna. And the person who's awake in the fitna is better than the person who's standing in the fitna. These two narrations, when you put them together, brothers and sisters, doesn't mean, when you hear the word better, khair, it doesn't mean khair. It means sharr. It means evil. The word good here means evil. In other words, the person who is stand, sitting in the fitna is the worst of all of them. He's the worst of all of them. The person who's sitting right smack dab in the mix of the fitna, they're the worst of all the people. Because they're sitting right in it. Why didn't they get up and get out of it? He shouldn't be in it. So he should try to get away from it. The person who's standing is better than the person who's walking. The person who's walking is better than the person who's running. The person who's running, if he probes into it, then it's going to eventually, he's going to be exposed to it. And the hadith in Muslim where it says the sleeping person in it is better than the waking person shows that even if the person is sleeping in the fitness, he has a problem. Even if he's sleeping in it. But he's better than all of those people. Because as soon as he wakes up, he's more involved in the, in the fitna. And there's another hadith of Abu Bakr. This is not Abu Bakr. Radiallahu anhu. This is Abu Bakr. Not Abu Bakr. This is Abu Bakr. And we learned about him in the hadith, in the hadith class, uh, purification of the soul class. Riyadh al-Salihin. We learned about this companion. Abu Bakr. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. There's another increase on his narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, فَإِذَا نَزَلَتْ فَمَنْ كَانَتْ لَهُ إِبْلٌ فَلْيَحِقَهُ بِإِبْلِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ غَنَمٌ فَلْيَلْحَقْ بِغَنَمِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ لَهُ أَرْضٌ فَلْيَلْحَقْ بِأَرْضِهِ قال رجل يا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرأيت من لم يكن له قال يعمز على سيفه فيدق على حجر The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that when the fitna comes so whoever has and he's in the fitna if it comes Whoever has his camel, then let him hold on to his camel. And whoever has a sheep, then let him hold on to his sheep. And whoever has a piece of land, then let him hold on to his, cling to his piece of land. So a man said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, when if you see that the person doesn't have any of those things, then the Prophet said, يَعْمِذْ عَلَى سَيْبِهِ فَيَضُقُّ عَلَى حَجْرِهِ حَجَّهُ بِحَجْرٍ ثُمَّ الْيَنْجُ إِنَ اسْتَطَاعَ النَّجَاءَ he says, and let him break his sword into a rock. Let him break his sword off into a rock and seek as much safety as he can for salvation. As much as he's able, stick to that rock, break his sword off. In other words, 
Don't get into the fitna. If you into the fitna, if you don't have any of those things, if you're not any of the, if you don't have any of those things to keep yourself occupied, like your goats, like your sheep, like your camels, if you don't have any of those things, nothing whatsoever, then don't take your sword and go out into the fitna of killing the Muslims and fighting the Muslims. Break your sword off in a, on the stone so you won't have any weapons. That's what the prophet is, the prophet is saying, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Stay clear away from all of it. And you'll, inshallah, have some safety and security, inshallah. This is the way we deal in times of fitna. Imam Muslim, in his book, called the book of Al-Imamah, in Sahih Muslim. I believe it's in the third, or I think it's in the third volume in the English translation of Sahih Muslim. عن جندب ابن عبد الله رضي الله عنه He says, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من قتل من قتل تحت من قتل تحت راية عمية يضعو عصبية أو ينصر عصبية فقتله فقتله قتلة جاهلية أو كما قاله صلى الله عليه وسلم قالوا هي الأمر الأعمى لا يستفين وجهه إمام مسلم رحمه الله in the book of الإمارة the book of government on the authority of جندب بن عبد الله رضي الله عنه he said Whoever is killed under the banner of Umiyyah. Whoever is killed under the flag of Umiyyah. And he calls to, or invites, or propagates, and gives dawah to Asabiyyah. Aw yansuru Asabiyyah, faqislatun jahiliyyah. Whoever died, was killed, under the banner of blind allegiance, or he calls to party pride and nationalism, or he aids and assists Asabiya, or he calls or assists to Asabiya. Because he's Pakistani, I'm, I'm going to protect him. Because he's Indian, I'm going to protect him. Because he's a black American, I'm going to protect him. Because he's an Arab, I'm going to protect him. Because he's Hanafi, I'm going to protect him. Because he's Maliki, I'm going to protect him. Because he's Shafi, I'm going to protect him. Because he's Ikhwani, I'm going to protect him. Because he's Tablighi, I'm going to protect him. Any of these things like this, whoever... Whoever is killed but under the banner of any of those type of things, then their dying is the dying of the days of Jahiliyyah. It's the dying of the days of Jahiliyyah. What does this mean? This means when the Prophet said, whoever is killed, من قتل تحت راية عمية, who was ever killed under the flag of blind allegiance. What this means is, is that there are going to be people who are going to be involved in issues without any knowledge whatsoever. They're going to be fighting and killing 
or be killed for a purpose other than the true Islamic purpose. Other than the true Islamic purpose. And I want to stop right here to bring a principle, a rule, a qa'ida, a qa'ida tun muhimma, an important rule from the scholars of Ahl sunnah And that rule is, kullu qitalin lam yubti fihi ahlul ilm fahuwa qitalun fitna. This is the principle, inshallah. Kullu qitalin lam yubti this is very important, especially for the men. Especially for the men. Especially for the brothers who are close to uh, reading material of or listening to tapes of those people who are always talking about fighting in jihad. This is the basic principle we need to know from Adawdu Salafiya. Every single type of fighting that the scholars of Islam of Ahl-Sunnah didn't make a fatwa on, if they didn't make a fatwa on that fighting, in other words, they didn't give make a ruling that that fighting is permissible or not, if they, the scholars of Islam, didn't call it jihad, if they didn't make a fatwa about it, then it's called qitalul fitna. It's the fighting of fitna. It's not real jihad. Before you can call it jihad, you have to find out what Sheikh Al-Albani says, Sheikh Bin Baz says, Sheikh Uthaymeen says, Sheikh Mukbil, Sheikh Rabi'ah. You have to find out what the ulama, the reputable scholars of Ahl al-Sunnah today say. If they don't make a fact whether that thing in Bosnia is jihad, or that thing in Afghanistan is jihad, or that thing in the Philippines is jihad, or that thing in Algeria is jihad, if they didn't make a fact about it, for who al-fitna. It's not jihad, it's the fighting of fitna. And the person who's in it, who's standing, is worse than the person who's sitting. And the person who's standing is better than the person who's, who's walking. And the person who's walking is better than the person who's running. And the person who's sleeping is better than the person who's awake. Now, wa alaykum salam. The brother is asking the question, Bosnia and those places like that, where the Kofar are killing the Muslims and raping the Muslim women, the question, killing the children, I believe that he's asking, he, needs, he says he needs clarification on that. The point again is, this is the clarification, if the ulama of Islam of today, of Ahl al-Sunnah, the reputable ulama, al-ulama, al-mujtahidun, al-rabbaniyun, if they say that that's jihad, then it's jihad. And if not, then it's not jihad. What are they saying? That's what we need to find out. We need to find out what they're saying. But, but which means is that we don't start learning karate and ninjutsu and start taking classes on how to shoot and blow up stuff and go over there without the ulama making a fatwa about it. That's the point. Because it's the ulama who guide us. The Prophet wasallam said, he says the superiority of the scholars over a regular worshiper is like my superiority over you, over the least of you. 
the superiority of the ulama over the, 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 the worshiper is like my superiority over the common of you. And another narration he said, the superiority of the scholars over the regular worshiper is like the superiority of the moon, a full moon, over the rest of the stars. This is the position of the ulama. We just can't go to the books or go to some imam or some da'iya or some student of Islam that graduated at some university in Umukura or Medina or Azhar and say, is it okay for me to go to jihad? He says, okay, you can go. Well, where is it? No, it's over there. No, we have to go to the ulama. The ulama are the ones who tell us about these things. They're the ones who explain these things to us. Inshallah, we'll be ending it in a few minutes, Inshallah. So, the person who will kill and won't know why he's being killed, and the person who will be, who will be killing and won't know why he's killing, this is the type of person that the Prophet ﷺ is talking about. It doesn't mean that the one who doesn't know, doesn't know or doesn't have any understanding what he's doing. When it says whoever is killed under the banner of blind allegiance, doesn't mean that he doesn't understand why he's why he's out there. He just doesn't un, he just doesn't know he doesn't have the proper understanding of the purpose of why he's out there. Doesn't doesn't mean that he doesn't know why he's getting shot or why he's shooting. It means that he doesn't know why he's fighting. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has inspired the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to explain to us through that hadith, that whoever does this, they'll die the death of jahiliyyah. Maybe that person has some faulty facts or something like that. Participating in a battle that they have no knowledge of and the ulama haven't given them a sanction to do it. And this is the meaning of umiyyah, fighting on other than what Allah and His Messenger wasallam brought and not to raise the word of Allah in the land to make it supreme. And to answer your question, give you another further clarification when the Muslims were fighting in Afghanistan against the communists Sheikh Al-Albani Habibullah may Allah give him long life in Islam and let him die in Iman and on the sunnah of our beloved messenger he was he asked Hikmat Yar he asked Hikmat Yar when you take over Kabul what are you going to do are you going to establish Islam or are you going to establish the Hanafi Mazhab? He said, what's wrong with the Hanafi Mazhab? As soon as he made that statement, Sheikh Al-Abani said, that right there is not Jihad. As soon as he said that, what's wrong with the Hanafi Mazhab? He said, that's not Jihad. Because the answer should have been, we're going to take over Kabul and establish La ilaha illallah. Not a Mazhab. Okay, so, alhamdulillah, Islam came to do away with jahiliyyah and all the ways of jahiliyyah, all the ways of jahiliyyah. And this is why the Prophet sallallahu said, "Ala kullu amrin min umur tahta The Prophet sallallahu said on his farewell pilgrimage, "No for surety." That all the affairs of Jahiliyyah are under my feet here. All the affairs of Jahiliyyah are under my feet. 
This is what the Prophet said. In other words, we are not to be calling the calls of Jahiliyyah, African American Muslims, Pakistani Muslims, Indian Muslim Day, this Muslim Day, Muslim Day Parade. All this stuff is from Jahiliyyah. All this stuff is from Jahiliyyah. Mezhabism. You gotta follow a mezhab. If you don't follow a mezhab, you astray. All that stuff was put under the foot of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why I tell the brothers, I beg the brothers, the brothers and the sisters. Read that book, brothers and sisters. That book will explain to you, inshallah, the real meaning of jama'ah. The meaning of hizbiyah, party spirit and party pride. The real meaning of imam and amir and bay'ah. And what are the, and how we involve ourselves in these things. And if we involve ourselves in the umur al-jahiliyyah, the affairs of jahiliyyah. One of the sisters, she sent down a question. What should one do if they stay in their home to avoid the fitna and they find that the fitna for, that the, that the fitna has followed them home. I would suggest that those people who find that the fitna has followed them home from the, the suggestion of the imam as he was walking away and he heard the question, he said, turn off the TV. Turn off the TV, and I've added to that, curb your conversations on the telephone. Stick to reading the Quran, reading Sahih al-Bukhari and the books that have been translated on the Dawah al-Salafiyyah and those tapes that are revolving around at Dawah al-Salafiyyah. And leave your house only for your necessities. This is what we suggest. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said to us, أَبْغَدُ النَّاسِ إِلَى اللَّهِ ثَلَاثَةً The most hated people to Allah are three. If you haven't been writing anything down, brothers and sisters, you should write this down. Why? It's because so you'll know if you're one of them. The most hated people to Allah are three. أَبْغَدُ النَّاسِ إِلَى اللَّهِ ثَلَاثَةٌ The most hated People to Allah are three. If you haven't written anything down, you better write this down so you can make sure you're not one of those three. And then try, if you are, to get out of being one of those three. Mulhidun fil haram. The person who causes blasphemy and does fawahisha and does evil things at the masjid and at the Kaaba. And masjid al haram. People who do lewd acts and shirky acts and bid'ah at the Masjid al-Haram in Mecca. وَيَبْتَغِي فِي الْإِسْلَامِ سُنَّةَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ وَمُبْتَغِي فِي الْإِسْلَامِ سُنَّةَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ And a person who desires to introduce into Islam the sunnahs of al-jahiliyyah. 
the person who desires to be involved in the sunnahs of al-jahiliyyah. For instance, as we mentioned, calling people to following a madhab, and that you have to follow a madhab. This is from the sunnahs of jahiliyyah, because the issue of making it obligatory to follow a madhab is no different from the tribes in days of jahiliyyah. My tribe this, my tribe that. My tribe said this. My tribe said that. I'm not going to marry you unless you're from my tribe. If you don't belong to our masjid, you can't marry that sister. If you don't belong to this masjid, we can't give you, we can't perform your marriage. If you don't belong to that masjid, we won't give you assistance with divorce. If you don't belong to this masjid or this organization or this jama'iya, this society, we won't give you any money to help you pay your electric bill. It's via. But Muqtaghim fil Islami sunnat al-jahiliyyah. And the people who desire to drag into Islam the sunnahs, the ways of Jahiliyyah. That's one of the two of the three of the people who is most hated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third person is the person who seeks to draw the blood of a person without justification so they can spill their blood. The person who seeks a person to draw the blood, to spill the blood of that person, so that blood can be become prolific, can become profuse. To seek to draw the blood of a person, you have no right to fight and draw blood from them. This hadith is collected by Al Bukhari, and it's also in the book of Fitna, in the ninth volume, and the actual page. I'm not absolutely sure. So brothers, inshallah, and sisters, um, we're going to end it here, inshallah. This is just a small example of how we are to behave in times of fitna. How we are to behave in times of fitna. And the fitna will either come to us by those ways that we mentioned or any similar ways. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the fitna of our own hands and also we have to make us patient with the trial and the test that Allah may give us to purify our sins wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahabihi wa sallam if there are any questions we'll take maybe three from the brothers and three from the sisters because maghrib is, will be coming in soon and we'll be preparing for the aqidah and manhaj of the summer class inshallah as we already know Three from the sisters and three from the brothers. Now, first from the brothers. The question is, what do we call jihad? Jihad is fighting in the way of Allah. To establish the Islamic kalima, la ilaha illallah. This is jihad. This is the real jihad. Fighting to protect your property, to protect your land, to protect your pro- your, yourselves, your blood, your family, is a form of jihad. It's called difa', defense. But jihad is to go, it's not that you're being attacked by the kuffar. You're going to that land to establish Islam. You're going intentionally to them to take it to them. When the uh, Amir of Islam tells us to do it, that's when we do it. All the ulama. Now, 
I'm not understanding completely what you're saying. The brother's asking us the question, what is our obligation to the Muslim who is not practicing uh, e.g., for example, Yarhamakumullah, for example, they drink, they smoke, they use Yarhamakumullah, they use intoxicants, they don't pray, they chase women, they date, whatever. Uh, and I shouldn't use the word date, I should use the word making, making zina. Because date sounds too good. It's actually zina. Should, shouldn't say they had an affair. We should say it's zina. Because affair and dating sounds real nice. It's not as strong as zina. Alright? What should we do? We should do simply what the Prophet ﷺ says. Give them advice. Advise them. That's it. I don't understand. If somebody wants to do harm to the person who's smoking or drinking, it's not permissible to do harm to them. To the person who wants to do harm to them? You should advise the person who wants to do harm to that person, admonish them, alaykum salam wa tell them that it's not permissible for them to do that. You, you admonish the person who wants to give him harm, and you advise the person that they should come back to Islam, to the practice of Islam in its entirety, and beware of the person who wants to give him harm. Is that what you're saying? It's not a Muslim? Talking to whatever, any act of disobedience, 
if you, if something like this happens to you, no posturity that's from your own hands. And if it hasn't, you've been good, you've been fasting regularly, standing up at night in Tahajjud regularly, reading the Quran, doing acts of benevolence, visiting the sick, doing all those things, establishing the Salah, paying charity, helping in the masjid to establish the, the masjid, all those things that are good, you know that if something happens to you, it's a trial from Allah. Just that simple. And Allahu A'lam. Uh, we have one more from the brothers and that's it. like the situation of about 20 years ago uh, between one masjid in New York and another in Brooklyn where there was people who there were people who were paralyzed for life and people who were killed two masjids fighting each other shooting at each other what should the neutral quote unquote the neutral masjid do or organization do and we would say that the answer to that is found in Surah Al-Hujrat. It's in Surah Al-Hujrat, which is chapter 49, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اقْتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا فَإِن بَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى فَقَاتِلُوا الَّذِي تَبْغِي حَتَّى تَبِي إِلَى أَمْرِ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ فَاءَتْ فَأَصْلِحُ بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْعَدْلِ وَأَقْصِفُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْصِفِينَ And if two parties or groups among the believers fall into fighting, then make peace between them, but if one of them rebels against the other, then fight you all against the one that is rebelling until that group or party complies with the command of Allah. Then if it complies, then make reconciliation between them, justly and be equitable. Surely, most definitely, verily Allah loves those who are muqtiqeen, those who are equitable, those who are just, those who are fair. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. This, the ayah number is number, chapter 49, verse 9. question is what's going to happen now uh, this is the ideal but what's going to happen when we're dealing with hot headed people who sometimes because of their upbringing their environment uh, the way they uh, came up and not being born as Muslims which really doesn't make that much of a difference nowadays what do we do? The best thing to do is what the Prophet wasallam said he said break off your sword in a rock and if you're able to seek the safety and security there, rajuli fil fitna And the safety and security of a person during times of fitna is to stay in his house. Meaning to stay away from the fitna. And this was the position of Talha. This was the position of Talha 
one of the companions of the Messenger of Allah, who, when the Muslims broke out in fighting, he stayed in his house. He stayed neutral. He didn't get involved. And Allah, who A'lam, Allah knows best. I think that's it. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi.